Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver on a Super Bowl Friday. Uh, what do we got? Uh, about 48 hours and 30 minutes or so. 40 hours, 29 minutes, if we're going to be uh, exact, until Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I've decided this year to just say, you know what? I'm just I'm just here for a good game. I'm, I'm going to I'll save the predicting for next year. This is a prediction show in many respects. So I'm going to predict, obviously, this game at the top of the hour at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Very excited about that. John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast. He'll be stopping by in about a half hour to discuss not only the Super Bowl, but this current state of his Jets. He's a diehard Jets fan. I know he's going to have a lot to say about the state of the organization right now, which you know, let's just say their expectations were a tad higher uh, coming into this year than what they ended up with. And of course the Rogers injury week one had a lot to do with that. I'll get his take on that. Also, um, going to get his take as well on NBA trade deadline, kind of where the state of the league is right now in terms of contenders and all that, and, and get his Super Bowl prediction as well. So very excited about that. Also, why Lamar Jackson's MVP that he secured last night, it's official. Lamar Jackson is a two-time league MVP. Why I actually think that kind of kind of hurts him moving forward. I'll explain in the second segment of the show, but and again, end of the show. Super Bowl 58. Comes down to this. Niners, Chiefs, I'll predict at the end of the show. And by the way, it will be a special edition of my favorite segment. Might as well, to close the regular season, do a segment of... Batman. If I were a Batman. So very excited. But first, I've talked a lot about Kansas City this week and Mahomes in regards to his all-time status and why I don't think the Chiefs are villains and all that. And I thought about, hey, why don't I discuss Brock Purdy? But the more I thought about it throughout the week and leading up to the show, I was like, you know what? I think a storyline that is being addressed, but very sort of pessimistically, and not as much as, or I shouldn't say not as much as it should be, more than it should be, is Kyle Shanahan. So Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, uh, has been one of the best coaches in all football over uh, the last half decade uh, or so. And there is an odd, very odd amount of pressure that's being put on him that I don't think is particularly deserved. And I'll explain why. So Kyle Shanahan has a reputation or two reputations. It'll be one of one, one or the other, depending on who you ask. One class, of, or one class, one group of people, they would say his reputation, I would be in this class, is would be brilliant offensive play caller. You know, son of, uh, of Mike Shanahan might be better than his dad, just in terms of a pure schematical standpoint, from a pure schem uh, schematical standpoint. West Coast offense can get the absolute best out of any possible running back. That's why the McCaffrey thing, I remember when the McCaffrey trade happened last season, people were like, oh, he gave up too much for McCaffrey. Like, you kidding me? You put the best running back in the league with the best run designer in the league, that's going to work, regardless of uh, what can be, aside from Trent Williams, an average Niners offensive line. And then there's the other camp of people that say, yeah, we know he's smart. No, we're not going to deny he's a good coach, but we just really don't trust him in the playoffs, particularly with double-digit leads. And that reputation is not entirely unfair or undeserved in the sense that he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when they blew that 28-3 lead to New England in the Super Bowl. I, I will say this, and I'll touch on this as the segment goes, don't think he should get the amount of blame that Quint, or I'm sorry, the fact that he gets more blame than Dan Quinn gets to me is ludicrous, but more on that in a second. 
Um, lost that Super Bowl as the OC uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. 2019, Super Bowl 54 with the 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. These Kansas City Chiefs, 20-10 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter. Kansas City goes nuts. Play calling is a little suspect from Shanahan, although not as much as one might expect. More on that in a second. Blown double-digit lead. Then he got the blown double-digit lead two years after that. NFC title game, right? The Niners are up 10 points in the fourth quarter, and the Rams reel out 13 straight points to win the game. And the Niners miss out on the Super Bowl. And so this year, it's like, well, I tell you what, a lot of pressure, like, there's no pressure on Kansas City. In the eyes of many, they weren't even supposed to be here. San Francisco's a different story. They're the best roster in the league. This collection of the core pieces of this team have been together for quite some time, and they added McCaffrey last year, and Purdy is objectively better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So while he has his limitations, he's absolutely an upgrade over Jimmy. You got to win this game. A lot of pressure on San Francisco. But what I fear is if the Niners lose on Sunday, and we'll, we'll have to see how the game plays out, obviously, it's going to be, and we do this every Super Bowl, I understand that, but we're going to do a, yep, quarterback's no good, coach is no good, this team's, we're never going to see him back in the Super Bowl again. Meanwhile, the, 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 the team that wins, if, yeah, if it's Kansas City, let's just say it's Kansas City for a moment, is going to be, oh, they're going to reel off the next 10 Super Bowls. Overreaction Monday is at its peak. The Monday after week one Sunday games and the Monday after the Super Bowl. I've said that for years on this show. But let's look at, this would be a good carving up the context segment, but the context around the, Sh the Shanahan losses, the Shanahan blown double digit leads. First of all, the first one, I wouldn't consider a Shanahan blown double digit lead. Why? He was the OC, not the, not the head coach. If he, he was the head coach of the Falcons, hey, I get it. But Dan Quinn was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They go up 28-3, infamously in the Patriots. Tom Brady and the Patriots reel off, what was it, 31 straight, uh, 31 under answer points to win the game in overtime. And some of Shanahan's play calling came into question. I understand that. But Atlanta moved the ball with ease on New England. They put together three, uh, four touchdowns. I'm sorry, yeah, three touchdown drives because uh, one of their touchdowns came in a pick six by Robert Alford off Tom Brady. 28-3, and your defense can't close that out. Now, I understand that's Tom, but to a deeper level, not only did they have Tom, the Patriots, he had Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan, that was the best year of his career, but you don't think Kyle Shanahan had something to do with that? I believe Matt Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, might have led the NFL in passer rating that year. Matt Ryan was a good quarterback, better than I, I liked him better than most. He was not an MVP level quarterback. He's not MVP of the league good. Shanahan was able to elevate him beyond that. Shanahan got the Niners job the year after. Matt Ryan never reached levels close to that ever again. So he had the inferior quarterback by a significant margin, but Matt Ryan's no scrub. But then when he's the head coach of the Niners, year three makes the Super Bowl, and they face the Chiefs, and they're up 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter on Patrick Mahomes. Okay. With Jimmy Garoppolo, who I think everybody's on my team now, Backup quarterback. Not a low-end starter, high-end backup. Backup quarterback. And I said that for a while. Had a 20-10 lead on the best quarterback on the face of God's green earth, Patrick Mahomes. And when the play calling might have been suspect, didn't run the ball as much as some would have liked, and the Niners' defense gives up back-to-back -back touchdown drives to the Chiefs, all of a sudden, Jimmy's got the ball in his hands. Midfield. Under two minutes to go, and Kyle Shanahan, the guy who can't coach, can't draw up plays, and is a choker, draws up, calls the perfect play call for that situation against that Kansas City defense. 
It was a post route to Emmanuel Sanders. He, he got the edge. He outran the corner defending him, and Garoppolo overthrew him. If Garoppolo simply hits a deep ball to Emmanuel Sanders that 90% of quarterbacks could hit, who knows? Maybe San Francisco wins the Super Bowl. Now, the Chiefs would have gotten the ball with a minute and changed to, to go. Nobody's going to count out Patrick Mahomes in that scenario. But nonetheless, the Niners would have had the lead late in the fourth quarter. That ain't on Shanahan, folks. That's on this quarterback, who is, again, in that game, at a massive quarterback disadvantage. Garoppolo, Mahomes, it's not even funny. Two years later, NFC title game against these, or not these Chiefs, against the Los Angeles Rams. Double-digit lead, fourth quarter. When did the game turn for the Rams? Remember when Stafford threw that deep ball? Down 10 in the fourth quarter, and Stafford's a darn good quarterback, way better than Jimmy. Throws the deep ball. The safety, I believe it's a safety tart. Straight up drops it. If he catches that, it's mid to late fourth quarter. Niners can bleed a lot of clock out and probably put the game on ice and make the Super Bowl that year with Jimmy Garoppolo again. So I'm supposed to believe all of a sudden Kyle Shanahan can't coach. If the if the Niners lose this game, and it's because uh, it's a it, it, it turns into a situation where the Niners got to go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes, and they lose, we're going to put that on. Shanahan? Folks, in every big game that he has ever coached, Super Bowl or NFC title game, every single time, every time he's had the inferior quarterback. Every time. Matt, it, it, that, when he's the OC in Atlanta, Matt Ryan is not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Point blank. Y'all know I, I, I've been as more critical of Aaron than most. Matt Ryan's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not even debatable. We'd all, we'd all agree with that. Jimmy Garoppolo, 2019, not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Jimmy G and Stafford against the Rams in 2021. Jimmy G's not Stafford. This year, Purdy against Jared Goff. I'm sorry, Jared Goff's the better quarterback. He's been to multiple NFC title games and a Super Bowl. He's a better quarterback than Purdy. So if the Niners lose, it's on Shanahan. I feel like with Purdy, and that to me shows me that shows me how we the public really thinks of Purdy. I've always been in the middle ground because you got the Purdy class that loves him, thinks he's amazing, and then the group that's like, ah, he's not that good. He's elevated by the system. I'm kind of somewhere in between. He's about a top 12, 13-ish quarterback who happens to have the single best roster in the sport. That's not to discredit how he's playing the playoffs. I thought he was phenomenal in the second half of the NFC title game against Detroit. And he deserves credit for that, especially with his legs. But to somehow act like this is the coach's fault, uh, if if San Francisco loses the Super Bowl, again, we got to see how the game plays. I understand that. But if it comes down to which quarterback can, can outduel the other, well, that's not even a fair fight. Heck, Josh Allen can't do that against Mahomes. You tell me Brock Purdy can? So that's, Lamar Jackson couldn't. Now, again, some of that, they were facing great Kansas City defense. I understand that. But, I don't know. It's I fear that if the Niners lose on Sunday, it's going to the conversation's going to warp. And for the next seven months, eh, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big one. What do we know about this league? It's and I've been saying this since the 2021 season. It's 2024 now. It is a quarterbacks league. If you have the better guy, you're about an 80% bet, regardless of roster, to win. Case in point, see the Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens last week. The Ravens had the exponential, I shouldn't say exponentially, better roster than Kansas City top to bottom. The Ravens have an elite quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who I'm about to talk about in just a second. The Chiefs, 
have, as we sit here today, the fourth greatest quarterback ever, and on many's lists, maybe as high as second by Sunday night. If the Niners lose, got to see how the game plays out. I get it. This should not be a referendum on Shanahan's ability to coach football. And I fear that's what it's going to turn into because of the social media count the rings culture that we live in. Let's look at the comments. Patrick Brown. What's up, Patrick? Happy Friday. Super Bowl preview and predictions available. Swing over to the grid website uh, and see why I have winning the game and Super Bowl MVP. Yes, everybody go check out Patrick's articles. Works his tail off, puts out some great stuff on the grid's website. Does a fantastic job. Please go get Patrick uh, some uh some clicks on his article and please read it. He does a fantastic job. Like I said, there's, and I I mean this, I'm not just saying this because Patrick commented. I'm saying this because I know my show's live. My show's going to be watched and listened to. Not that many people that puts more work in than Patrick Brown. I'm just going to tell you right now, the guy works his mind off to put up the best content he can possibly put out for this network. And we are very lucky to have him. So please check out Patrick's content on the grid network website. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I, I, I. We are so often. I get. What did Herman Edwards say? You play to win the game. I get that, and that's that's the ultimate goal. But swap the quarterbacks. Now that's the ultimate extreme. Purdy Mahomes. I get that, but just follow me here. Swap the quarterbacks in this game. Put Mahomes on the Niners. Put Purdy in the Chiefs. Chiefs wouldn't have gotten here. I'm sorry to say, the Chiefs would not have gotten here. All right. You put Mahomes on that Niners team, good Lord Almighty. That might be the greatest team I've ever seen in my life if that happened. I don't know. I just, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in Kyle Shanahan. Now, I'll tell you this too. NFL honors were last night. Uh, Congratulations to all the winners. Although I must openly admit that I was quite salty about one of the award winners. This isn't the segment. I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, best defensive player in the league. Despite the fact that um, TJ Watt had 26 more tackles, 15 more solo tackles, uh, five more sacks, 13 more pressures, two more quarterback hits, two more tackles for loss, just as many forced fumbles, two more fumble recoveries, more interception, one more interception, five more pass deflections, and one more touchdown. But yes, uh, give it to Miles Garrett. He's obviously the defensive player of the year over a guy who's the only player in the history of the sport to lead the league in sacks three times. Just just saying. Uh, Miles Garrett's phenomenal. He's not TJ Watt. Objectively, by the numbers, heck, by the eye test. I mean, Miles Garrett at one point this season went five straight games without a sack. Are you kidding me? Really? It's not even, it's not even arguable. It's not even arguable. Watts, absolutely. And, and listen, I mean, there was a second there. And, and listen, at least TJ Watt came in over Micah Parsons. Y'all know how I feel about Micah lately. I've been, whew, that guy's been getting on my nerves. Uh, he's He he trails all of them, uh, he, Watt and Garrett. I'm sorry, he trails Watt in every single category. So I, for a second, I thought that, that Watt was going to get uh, screwed for Parsons in second place. I kind of knew deep down that they were giving it, give it to Miles Garrett because, hey, it's a narrative they created in their heads. The Browns, great defense. And they were. Listen, Cleveland had a phenomenal defense. but uh, And Miles Garrett's a physical phenomenon. But he's not as good as T.J. Watt. I'm sorry to tell that to the voters. But it's too late. You know what? 
Cleveland's got to win something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got to win something. You Clevelanders think I was going to be on your side after after Monday's show, me defending though. No, that was a one-timer only. Miles Garrett over TJ Watt. Come on, man. It's not even debatable. And I love what TJ Watt put on Twitter. What do you say? Uh, let me pull this up. What do you say? I think he said he's he's used to this or something. Where's the TJ Watt post or tweet or X, whatever the heck it's called these days? Uh, I don't see it. Maybe he took it down. I don't know. TJ Watt take it down. Uh, TJ Watt tweeted minutes before the NFL honors started. Yeah, nothing I'm not used to. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but also other award winners, CJ Stroud won Offensive Rookie of the Year, deservedly so. Listen, Puka Nakua was special. He was outstanding. But what CJ Stroud did uh, in taking this team to the um, to the playoffs was, was, was fantastic. Uh, then you had uh, Kevin Stefanski, who poor, poor um, – who who was it? The actor? I'm blanking on his name. That's that's uh on all these shows. I, I'm blanking his name. He butchered the name. He called him Steve Stefanski instead of Kevin when he read it off. It's listen, it happens. It happens to all of us. But uh, Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year. Joe Flacco won Comeback Player of the Year, which I know everybody. Ah, oh, who cares? Demar Hamlin didn't. Mark Hamlin Darner died and came back to play football. And Joe Flacco himself didn't think he deserved the award. He said it a week or so ago. He said, "What did I come back from being old?" Joe Flacco, cool. Listen, Joe Flacco is a cool story. I get that, and and listen, far exceeded expectations for what any of us thought he would do in Cleveland. Uh, but if they're going to give it to a guy because he had some down years, then I then give it to Baker. Like that's Baker would have been the better option if they weren't going to go with Demar Hamlin. Joe Flacco, that was an odd one. That was a very odd one. But again, Cleveland's got to win something. They got to give them their participation trophies. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's Cleveland, so we got to make them feel good. Uh, who else won? We had defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson, well deserved, had a fantastic rookie season. How about the Texans? Take Stroud second, Will Anderson third. Both of them win their respective awards for rookie of the year on their side of the ball. Well deserved. What else am I missing of their awards? Offensive rookie of the year, Christian McCaffrey, well deserved. Uh, the Best running back in the sport who could also be a slot receiver. He's, listen, I think Debo, I've said for years, Debo Samuels to me is the best all-around offensive player in the sport because you can do whatever you want with him. McCaffrey's not that far behind. He's he's fantastic on that side of the ball. Uh, I don't think I'm missing any other. Uh, Cam Hayward, by the way, go Steelers. Won, uh, Walter Payton, man of the year. Does some fantastic work in the community in Pittsburgh and gave a great speech. Prince Harry presented him the award. So that was rant. It was random, but it was, it was pretty cool. Even Cam Hayward seemed seemed a little bit starstruck. Uh, but uh, and then they announced the Hall of Fame class, which was great. But MVP was presented, and this is the surprise of nobody. Lamar Jackson won league MVP. Was a single first place vote, uh, first ballot vote away. Um from winning unanimously for the second time, which I think, I think I could be wrong. I think only Brady has done that. I could be, maybe Lamar would have been the first to do that. Who might you ask the, the, the vote went to? Well, it probably wouldn't surprise you. It was Josh Allen. Uh, the, the, the fandom of Josh Allen is, it's almost reached cult status. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, it, it's, it's strange. Uh, Josh phenomenal. Not even close to the, not even close to the MVP of the league. That aside, Lamar wins MVP. Gave a great speech. And I love one of the things he said where he said, I want to thank the Ravens for getting my deal done. And that was obviously a big story. Is Lamar going to stay with the Ravens and whatnot? I'll say this. And again, some of it 
I understand it. It's I've been a Lamar guy for a very long time, even though I'm a Steelers fan. I think Lamar is a sensational talent at the quarterback position, and I think he's the third-best quarterback in all football behind Mahomes and Joe Burrow. I think this MVP is going to hurt him moving forward until he at least gets to another, or gets to another, gets to a Super Bowl. Now, the area where that's fair, in my estimation, is got two MVPs, and has just as many playoff wins. He's two and four in the playoffs. And has had one great playoff game. That was the game against Houston this year. One in his other playoff win, a really good win against Tennessee back in 2020. And the four losses were clunkers. He was, he was awful in all four of them. That's the area where I think it's fair. <laughs> this is the part where it gets tough. And we see this throughout sport, not NFL history, sports history, where... We judge a guy harshly because he can't th- get through an all-time talent in Lamar Jackson. Lamar, knock on what everybody's healthy, is going to have to get through that guy in Kansas City every single year. Why do you think I have Burrow second? Because somehow, some way, he, gosh darn it, he pulled it off in 2022. He pulled it off. He slayed the dragon in Kansas City. Mahomes did it. I'm sorry. Brady did it twice. One of them being in Kansas City. Brady, Burrow, that's it. Only guys to knock off Mahomes in the postseason. You say, well, why are you so much harder on Josh? You know I'm harder on Josh? Because some folks try to act like he's, he's as good, if not better, than Mahomes. Which is an opinion not supported by fact or evidence or logic, reason, or your eyeballs. But some people like to run with that. But... Do we hold it against those 90s Bulls teams? I'm sorry, those 90s Bulls teams. So those 90s teams and 90s stars, Barkley, Ewing, you know, Stockton Malone for not getting through Michael Jordan. Do we hold it against? Actually, many do. I don't. Against LeBron James that he ran to, into, you know, the greatest team ever constructed in 2017 with the Golden State Warriors. And then 2018, they weren't a whole lot worse, although not quite as, as as dominant as the year prior. If we're going to hold it against Lamar Jackson for future reference that, hey, we can't give him league MVP until he has playoff success because for the record, Lamar's now got not one MVP, he's got two. That's a very exclusive club. Mahomes got two. Rodgers has four. Manning has five. Brady has three. Like, it's a very, very small club of guys that have multiple MVPs. And you know what they all have in common except for Lamar? They got a ring. At least one. Even Rodgers, who's a known playoff joker, even he got one back in 2010. So that is going to be used against Lamar in the future. And by the way, that's that's fair. For the record, it was used against Jokic last year, and I was I was the, the head of that train saying, man, the guy's done nothing in the playoffs. You're going to give him another MVP? What did Jokic do? Jokic broke through, won the finals, was amazing in the playoffs. Now the narrative has changed. However, this isn't to knock Jokic. This is to defend Lamar. Jokic never had to go through a buzzsaw or a powerhouse or a dominant team. That's not to take a shot at Denver because what they, their run last year was as dominant as I've seen. They were the dominant team. But now we view Jokic in a different light where it's like, yeah, we can give him MVP. Yeah, he had a great run. He won the finals MVP. We're going to hold that against Lamar. In that context, it's fair. But under the context of, man, it can't be Mahomes. Well, that's not fair because only Burrow and Brady have. And Brady, don't know if you heard of him. He's kind of the GOAT. 
And Burrow, I believe, to be the second-best quarterback in the sport. Now, again, once again, people will be like, oh, Bryson, you don't give the same energy to Josh Allen. You don't give him the pass because other folks act like he's on the same level as Mahomes. Nobody, no rational person at least, acts like Lamar's in the same class as Mahomes because he's not, because Burrow's not, because Allen's not. Nobody is in the same class as Mahomes because he is the best quarterback of all time and the fourth greatest quarterback of all time. That's like I said, it's a big difference. Um, it will be used to, against him in the future, though. Fair or unfair, that's that's how it works. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, moving forward if he's able to dispel that narrative. That's like athletes, listen, I will always pull against the Ravens. But athletes like Lamar Jackson, when they do finally break through, it changes everything and you feel good for him. Lamar's an easy guy to root for. We got some comments up in here. Patrick, TJ Watt didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. What football do people watch? Yeah, I was asking the same question, Patrick. TJ led the league in sacks. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, 19 sacks this year. By the way, on a, was it a fractured hand? Fractured hand, fractured wrist. He had some injury suffered against the Ravens early in the season, like week five. Played through the injury the rest of the year. And, you know, whatever. Tyler Helton, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. My team, let's go Chiefs. My score prediction is Chiefs 27, Niners 20. That's a that's a great score prediction. Obviously, these and obviously I'll predict at the end of the show. You got two fantastic defenses, although one's playing demonstrably better than the other, talking about the Chiefs over the Niners and two, listen, one offense that's absolutely loaded everywhere except the quarterback position. And I like Purdy. Uh, in San Francisco, and then in Kansas City, you got an awesome quarterback, an awesome tight end, and Rasheed Rice is good. Rasheed Rice is getting better. After that, eh, let's just say they don't exactly stack up with the Niners in that regard. Let's see. Patrick, could Lamar be this era's... Okay, this is interesting. Could Lamar be this era's Dan Marino? Stats, but not get over the hump against Kansas City. Are there any parallels we're seeing right now? That's a good comparison. Um, I mean, obviously, from a from a physical perspective, from a mechanical perspective, Dan Marino is one of the greatest throws of the football we've ever seen. Mahone, uh, Lamar is not that. Lamar is a much better thrower than he gets credit for. Obviously, though, Lamar is the way better athlete than Marino. That's fair. And, and, and Dan, obviously, now Dan didn't have to go through great quarterbacks or like all-time great teams in the 80s. Like the great team in the 80s was the Niners, who were in the opposite conference. Uh, I, I, that's a, what's a better comparison? Who's a quarterback that couldn't get through Brady? I'm trying to think. Philip Rivers, now nah, Lamar's better than, than Philip Rivers. Not Big Ben. Big Ben got a couple titles and got to another Super Bowl. I'm trying to, I mean, Peyton, listen, Peyton for years could not, could not get through Brady. And then finally, 06, bam, he broke through. Maybe Peyton, I think Peyton Manning would be the better, early Peyton Manning would be the better uh, parallel, Patrick, because he wasn't good in the playoffs, but he won multiple MVPs. The numbers were great. Peyton Manning would be, now, I'm not saying Lamar's going to end up being a Mount Rushmore quarterback because Peyton is that, but early career, I think that's the better comparison. Just in, just from a, like you said, a statistical standpoint, from a an accomplishment standpoint, like MVPs but no playoff success, uh, that's more than possible. Patrick, Lamar winning MVPs but not winning a Super Bowl or will it be the latter of his prime before winning the Super Bowl? John Elway-esque title Run Well, Elway made three Super Bowls before he won his two at the end of his career. Now, in those three, he got absolutely hammered, hammered in all of them. I mean, Denver was, and again, though, again, it was, um, those Denver teams weren't near as good as their opposition. I mean, I think the, 
shoot one of their Super Bowls. I forget one of the opponents they played. I'm blanking on it. I think no, they played. They played San Francisco one year. Yeah, they played San Francisco, one of those '80s Niners teams. That's one one I, that comes off my memory. It's off my head. Uh, but Elway did. Here's the thing, though. Elway did at least make some Super Bowls. Peyton would be because again, to me, Peyton's a better uh, comparison than Marino, just because Marino never had that giant in terms of a team or quarterback in the AFC that he had to go through. There, everybody to go through year in and year out. Manning is the better parallel because the Patriots, Brady. Belichick, like that was a that was a thing, uh, for sure. Tyler Helton, any thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco? I love Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I do too. I don't know. Listen, I don't know anybody who can watch football and not love Isaiah Pacheco. He runs hard. Uh, he's good in pass pro. He's great between the tackles. He can catch passes out of the backfield. And I mean, listen, kid was a seventh round pick by uh, out of Rutgers last year from Kansas City. He was. I, I remember last year. I forget how many yards he ran for. He was amazing in the Super Bowl last year against Philadelphia. So, yeah, Pacheco's a fantastic player. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't go so far as to call him elite yet, but I, I think there's two elite players in Kansas City's offense, and we don't know who they are. They're Mahomes and Kelsey. But, yeah, they can run the football effectively. That's, again, I'll, I'll detail this more. My biggest concern for the Chiefs, though, and we've seen this before, not to, this year not to as great as, an extent as three years ago, that offensive line's a bit of a problem. Because Juwan Taylor is Mr. Holding Call himself. They've got, I forget who's the guy's name that's missing. Um, Tooney, who's probably going to miss this game. My man, Trey Smith, go Vols, is he's been struggling with the holding calls. I think he had two or three against Baltimore. That's that's a little a little concerning for sure. Uh, yeah, Patrick, the what if Pittsburgh drafted Dan Marino? That would have, and, and Dan Marino went to Pitt. But I wonder if that's why the Steelers took Kenny Pickett, because obviously Kenny Pickett went to Pitt, just like Dan Marino. Obviously, the Steelers didn't draft Marino in the early 80s in what was one of the greatest quarterback drafts, maybe the greatest quarterback draft of all time. Uh, I think it was 83, 84, something like that. And 82, early 80s. And obviously, they left regret it. Dan became one of the, the, one of the best ever. I hope that's not what went into the... The Steelers are a smart organization. I guarantee that. That's probably not why they did it. But if so, that would be a very odd reason. We got the next Dan Marino and Kenny Pickett. Not quite. Not quite. Let's see. Uh, Swain bro sports is in the comments. Please like, and subscribe to our kid run sports channel. We just subbed here. Also go Niners. Shout out to the Swain bro sports. Appreciate that. Uh, and he says, we like the Vols. We live in Chattanooga. Shout out to the, all, all Vols fans out there. Um, yeah, there you go. West, West Tennessee. And, and you support the balls. I appreciate that. That's, that's, well, you're probably closer to, to Alabama, right? For sure. All right. So we had a guest coming on. He is a massive New York Jets fan, a big supporter of the show. He comments often. Uh, I consider him a true friend of mine. He'll have a lot of thoughts on this year's Super Bowl, the NBA, and, of course, once again, his New York Jets. Would you please give a warm welcome back to Carving It Up Live. John Rivera is joining Carving Up Live. John, John, my man, how you doing? Great, great, great on this Friday. How are you, brother? Doing well, man. Doing well. Very excited about this weekend. And listen, it's always it's always a bittersweet time where it's football's ending. We got to wait another seven months for it to come back. Um, it's definitely tough. But uh, first of all, late, latest going on with your show. I want to know what's going on with the fan perspective uh, as of late. Tell everybody about your show if they haven't if they haven't been able to to tune in as of late. Yeah, definitely go check out Fan Perspective Podcast, man. We're on episode one ninety seven, man. Hitting two hundred, man. Uh, fan TV on. Uh, on uh, YouTube, you know what I'm saying? You can check us out. We definitely got other content there as well. You know, me and my uh, nephew, Henny Dre, is on there. Like I said, man, we give you sports entertainment. You know, we give 
great uh, interviews with other, you know, creatives and, you know, between art or fashion or real estate, you know, we, we kind of go everywhere, but our main perspective, fair perspective is sports, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, definitely here, man, and representing the brand for sure. Yes, sir. Everybody check it out. Great, great content. <clears throat> YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast, fantastic fan perspective. So your thoughts on the Super Bowl. So we'll start with San Francisco, the NFC champions, obviously a, a a regular season, which by and large, they looked like the best team in the conference and many, sometimes the best teams in, fo- in, in, in football until Baltimore came in on Christmas and just waxed them. Um, but in the playoffs, had to come back to beat Green Bay. Then they had to come back from an even greater, greater deficit to knock off uh, Detroit in the NFC title game. I want to know your thoughts on Brock Purdy because I, there, there's he's a very polarizing player. You got your your camp that thinks he's amazing. You got your camp that thinks he's terrible. I'm somewhere somewhere in between. I think he's like a top 13, 14-ish quarterback. I think he's good. I call him Sturdy Purdy for a reason. I don't call him Elite Purdy. Um, your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Where, where are you at on him in terms of his importance to them winning this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way, man. I feel the same way you do. Like, you know, San Francisco fans will feel like, oh, people are mistreating him or talking junk about him. And you got other people that, oh, he's overrated. Like, I think he, like, with you, I think he's about 13, you know what I mean, in that in that area, you know. A little more of a game manager to me, you know what I mean. Uh, he take a little more risk, you know what I mean. But definitely a game, game manager, you know, that Shanahan system, man. Like, anybody could do wonders in there. You see Jimmy G, you know what I mean, and going back to Atlanta, you know what I mean. Like, he has great offense, man, great offense to work with. You got all the weapons and stuff like that. So, he has everything in his favor, man, like – so I give him the benefit of the doubt far as even if you have all that talent, sometimes you still got to play good ball. You know what I mean? Like you can't be trash and got that talent, you know what I mean? And, and so you, you won't succeed. So I definitely think he's more of a game manager. He don't make too many mistakes, man. And But I think, like I said, I got him right with you, man. I got him in the middle of the pack, like, you know, a little probably a little more above than the middle of the pack. He's a good quarterback, he, you know. That's yeah, he's he's good. Like that's probably the best he, he's good. He's, yeah, he's, he's not good. great, he's yeah. not bad. He's yeah, right. he's good. Um like and that's why I said earlier in the show and that, that's why I we got to see how the game plays out on Sunday obviously, but I don't think I feel like a lot of the blame is going to shift to Shanahan cuz this could be another Super Bowl he loses and I'm like, well, in all those Super Bowls he had the inferior quarterback. Brady's better than Matt Ryan, obviously Mahomes better than Garoppolo and Mahomes definitely better than uh than Purdy, but uh mm-hmm. it, it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl. So your thoughts on the San Francisco side? Again, I've said all year I thought they were the best roster in the league. Uh, I, I had Baltimore number one for a while, but just top to bottom, just elite linebacking core, pass rush, receivers tight end. Not a great O-line, but an awesome left tackle, and obviously McCaffrey uh, with, yeah. with Purdy manning the ship. I feel like this year, John, John it's kind of a if-not-now-win type of scenario for the 49ers where, listen, I get Kansas City's is back in the Super Bowl. We know their history as of late, but right. it, it kind of feels like the NFC was weak. They were able to get through it. And you kind of got to take advantage now before some of these guys start getting older. Uh, what do you think the pressure, scale of 1 to 10, what's the pressure level on, on San Francisco coming into this game? The pressure level, man, like I said, the NFL is one of the, like we was, I was talking the other day, like NFL is one of the hardest, you know, uh, I mean, the Super Bowl is one of the hardest things, you know, it's one and done. So you, you never know, you know what I mean? Playing like, like the NBA or baseball, you know what I mean? Most rounds, you know, you got to go three or four rounds, three or four, you got to win three or four games. But uh, yeah, I think on a scale of 1 to 10, I say an 8, bro, because you know, they've been there, what, two, three years ago, they've been there, you know what I mean? Uh, players, you know, they get older, people going to start wanting money, you know, everything. Like, you can't, you, you struck gold when you heard, you know, you got Purdy, you know what I mean? And he's been playing consistent. You struck gold with that. So you got to, you know, strike while the iron's hot, man. And so I, I will put that, you know, their level at an eight, man. Cause like I said, it's real hard. 
to uh, get to the Super Bowl. You know, I know you was talking about, you know, just to dig back a little bit, you was talking about Lamar Jackson. Them. I think same for them. I think they're like an eight or nine because it's really hard, you know, to get there, you know, as a team, especially when you was the favorite and everything. It's definitely hard. So, but yeah, on a scale of one to 10, I got eight men for San Francisco. Um, Just like you was referring to, man, both teams, man, it's like, if they if they fall if they fall behind, it's like you're not worried. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not worried at all about the teams coming back for sure. But with San Fran, man, it's all about health, man. If all their key players can stay healthy, man, they definitely have a great shot at just winning the Super Bowl, man. And like you said, man, for the last since their last Super Bowl, man, the last four or five years, man, San Francisco, top to bottom, been one of the least top five teams as far as talent wise, man. Uh, you know, even Jimmy G, Jimmy G wasn't a scrub. You know what I mean? But they always had elite. Uh, uh, you know, high standard quarter uh, running backs and receivers, you know, and defense always been solid. So definitely, definitely up there in talent wise. Like I said, it's definitely an eight though for them in the scale of one to 10. Of, they have to win this because, you know, you might not get here for a long, long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you hit a great, you, you had a great point with, with, you know, striking gold on Purdy in the sense that, you know, that's kind of the ideal scenario for all these teams, like not pay your quarterback that much rookie deal. You want to take advantage of that and put the talent around him uh, and put the necessary pieces. Obviously, the Niners have, have done that, and John Lynch deserves a lot of credit. To Kansas City's side, so this is a very different Chiefs team the, the, than years past. You were used to Mahomes and Kelsey in this high-flying, not that they haven't played well, but this high-flying Chiefs uh, offense. This year, it's been the defense. They're second in almost every category in terms of points, uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, shoot, points, uh, 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 scoring defense. So, where are you on in Kansas City in turn? Like, what would you? Where would you say Mahomes and the Chiefs get this title? This would be three titles in five years. What do you think this would be the most impressive, given sort of the adversities and and you know the 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 lack of great wide receiver talent? Yeah, I would say far as the you know the, the previous Super Bowls, yeah, because like you said, man, they haven't been playing consistent or good ball all year. Like you know, talent wise, you know, I mean, they always talent wise, they always just made it, you know. Do what to do, as you know, people say, or whatever, you know what I mean? Andy Reid offense, and they, you know, they, they kind of get the job done, you know, score points, and the defense is just making enough plays to win the game. But like you said, opposite now this year, where you got Chris Jones, you know, they, they paid him. Well, technically, didn't pay him, but they did pay him, so he's gonna get a nice payday. But yeah. uh, you know, the defense is definitely, you know, Spagnoli over there, they're running that good defense, man, and it's definitely a, definitely a different Chiefs team, I would say, you know what I'm saying of coming into the Super Bowl, you know, just like you was talking previously on the show. And, you know, I was commenting, and I'm like, yeah, this is different, man. Like, they went into Buffalo, like, everybody wanted them to lose. Uh, they went into Baltimore, everybody wanted them to lose. Um, Taylor Swift got into the, you know, equation, and now everybody's on him and disliking no more. I'm tired of seeing Taylor. Uh, Travis Kelsey, like, he went on a, like, seven-game streak where he didn't even have a touchdown. So, like, yep. he was on a down year, like, Everything was just wasn't looking too pretty for them. But then you looked at their record and it wasn't, you know, they were still in the mix, you know, top three, top four. So that that's scary to me, man. Like if you going through all that adversity, man, and still be top four team, like throughout the whole league, man, like this is this is definitely will be one of the most impressive uh well will be the most impressive Chiefs Kansas City Chiefs team to win a Super Bowl, man, if they get it get the job done on Sunday. You know, your point earlier about Brock Purdy and, and not paying him much kind of applies to Kansas City now in the sense that outside of Chris Jones, this is a cheap defense. Now, LeJarrius Sneed's probably going to get paid. LeJarrius Sneed's been one of the most underrated players in football. He's had a great year. 
Um, mm-hmm. But in general, like the linebacking core, defensive backs, most of their pass rushers are mostly on the rookie deals. So, like, I remember yeah. talking about going into the Buffalo game. I'm like, this Buffalo will never get a better opportunity than now to beat Kansas City, where they're at home. The Chiefs are, are, are weak offensively. Now we have, well, next year, regardless of if, if they win, you know, the Chiefs are going to go on this offseason, go after the wide receiver position, be aggressive in the draft, and maybe add somebody in free agency. Who knows? I, I'm still not ruling out the DeAndre Hopkins possibility, which, if that happens, God bless the rest of the NFL. That, that could be scary with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, for Mahomes, though, so there's been a lot of talk about you know the chase with Brady, all this all time. Where do you think he he he? I know you sort of mentioned it in the comments for one of my shows in, in you know the other day, but where would you have him all time in the quarterback rankings list if he wins this year's Super Bowl? And we assume he'll win Super Bowl MVP if they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I I'll have him at uh, two. I have him. You know, I think everybody's list varies. You know what I mean? But like Brady is one of them guys that he's just gonna be number one, bro. Like. I don't whether you like him or not, bro. If he was your favorite quarterback or not, bro, you're gonna have him number one, and that just—he's there. Like now, it's just a race for number two, and then you can be biased of who you like and stuff like that. Like I always praise Dan Marino. You mentioned him earlier. Like Dan was the man. Like he was—I was one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. You know, and you got Peyton. I always liked Peyton over uh, uh, Brady. Like I always thought he was more skilled, more everything. Like Peyton was the man. Like. When it was going back and forth, I always, but, you know, Brady always won, you know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, Peyton was, was the better quarterback in my eyes, you know what I'm saying? But Early on, was, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like I said, the rings and stuff, you can't, you can't match that or whatever. But, you know, uh, John Elway, he's one of my top five quarterbacks of all time. Like, he, he was one of the first, you know, to do it, like, both ways on his feet, you know what I mean, and, and have a gun, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, right. you know, he went to the major leagues with the Yankees and stuff, but – uh. Yeah, but if you uh, do that, yeah, I'll have him too, man. Like I said, it'll be three rings uh, in what, five years or something like that? Five, six years? Yeah, five years, yeah. which is in five. Before he's even 30, by the way. Right, in five years and stuff like that. And like I said, Joe had, uh, you know, Jerry Rice and, and the elite defense and Ronnie Lott and them guys, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I will, I will definitely put him, you know, number two of all time if he wins this championship. And, like I said, man, if he goes on, like I said, early in his career, if he goes on, quarterbacks are playing 20 years almost these days. You know what I'm saying? That's a great, that's a, that's a great position to play. Like, you want to grow up and be something, try oh. your best to be quarterback, man. That's like a pitcher. Like, you're going to be there forever, man. Like, so, And the money's yeah. and the money ain't bad, too. Oh, yeah. And the money, yeah. You, you def- top pay is definitely, for the most part, to, to Lamar this year, you know, it was definitely next man up. You know what I mean? No matter who you were, it was next man up in, in, in that position. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Overall, like I said, if he wins the Super Bowl, man, I have number two in my in my list. Like I said, other people might not put him there. Some people might even try to squeeze him at one, even though Brady got out of the rings just because they didn't like Brady like that. But right. definitely number two in my eyes for sure. He's no lower than third on my list. He definitely passes Peyton, uh, especially when you compare their playoff numbers. Like Mahomes beats him by by a mile there, uh, sure. and and that's the like that that's the sort of the weird thing with Joe, and that's where we get into this weird space where. Are we debating greatest quarterbacks or best quarterbacks? Because if we're doing best, I think Mahomes has to be number one just in terms of raw talent. Um, right. And obviously, if you're going to compare Montana and 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 um, and Mahomes, no disrespect to Joe, but talent wise, it's not even yeah. close. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's why I was saying Elway too, because he was that dual, dual threat. Yeah, you know I'm saying Elway was a gun. He had a gun, and he can you know run for that five six yards. You know what I'm saying? So he was definitely more athletic than Joe. Like I said, Joe had the arm though; he can get it there. But as far as athletic wise, yeah, some guys are. Smoking them guys, Brady, all of them, you know what I mean? Marino, oh, yeah. they're smoking them. 
for sure. I'll, I'll get your I'll get your pick for the game uh, when we're done. But I do want to shift to your Jets. Yep. So uh, last year had to be not to bring back bad memories, but last year had to be one of the most painful for you, given the expectations coming in. Um, obviously, the injury mm-hmm. to Rodgers four snaps in was just devastating. I, I remember that. Now, I'm not even a Jets fan, John John, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I, I cannot even fathom what the the vibe were like in, in Jets land uh, that that particular night. But obviously, Rodgers going to be 40 years old, coming off the Achilles. Uh, Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, everybody's coming back next year. Your outlook on that, listen, we haven't even entered the offseason yet. You still got draft, free agency, all that. But just in general, your overall expectations for the Jets going into the 2024 season would be what? Make the playoffs. Okay, that's fair. I, I would say just make, even like I said last year, like I was like, get to the second round, you know, make the playoffs. I wasn't, you know, obviously when you got Rodgers, he always going to put you in the mix. You see what he did with the Packers for years, like, with them teams talking about, you know, talent wise, like he'd bring them teams that had the best record. You know, they have great playoff success, but you look up and, you know, they'll have the best record in in, in, in NFC. So, but yeah, I see playoffs, man. I, I see playoffs. Um, last year was definitely tough when you had the expectations, man. You're going into the offseason and you get Rodgers and, you know, what I mean, all, one of the all time greatest quarterbacks, you know, top five, top six, whatever you want to say, to get in your building with a young core that we was building. You know what I mean? We had offensive. And defensive rookie of the year, like Houston did last year, this year, you know, Brees Hall, you know what I mean, doing this thing. So it was, yeah, it was definitely tough. But yeah, playoffs this year, man, I think we go all in on offensive line, add another receiver, uh, you know, pay a two, pay one or two defensive players because we can't pay them all. And uh, we'll go from there, man. Just like uh, just like uh, Woody Johnson said, man, he, he basically just said offense. He's like, listen, offense got to change. He said defense is stellar. He, he was like, whatever, you're good with the defense. Offense has to change, like, and he put everybody kind of on the hot seat. And I feel like they all have to be on the hot seat, man. You got to put people in there to make better decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I understand Rodgers is the man. And you can get his opinion on stuff, but as a GM and stuff like that, like, you got to go. All right. All right. I'm going to understand Cook is a nice guy, but let's go pay this offensive lineman. You know what I mean? Like, and I liked it the move, but I was like, I'd rather get the offensive lineman we could have got. I forgot what it was, what it was guy's name, but. We should just pay him, uh, you know, certain things like that. Hackett need to take a step back, and it looks like he is like like going to bring somebody to, um, you know, be more fully charged with the offense because it just wasn't looking good. Even you know, even when you got backup people in there, you still have to be look kind of clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at the Browns yeah. this year, John John. They had a bunch of backup quarterbacks, and they were they 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 were flowing. Yeah, and I was every time I talked to somebody, I was like, listen, man. Browns might be a little more talented than us, but like talent wise, like we kind of match up. Like we got the same situation sure. going on, far as quarterback. Like our, both our quarterbacks went down. We got both got top three defenses. We both got a running back, wide receiver. Like why couldn't we do what the Browns did? You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, I think yeah, I expect like I said, hopefully playoffs. If we make like I said the moves in the draft, and the only good thing that came out is we got to keep our first round draft pick. You know what I mean? Draft old line. Hopefully, we get that. Uh, my guy from Notre Dame, if not the kid from uh, um, Penn State. You know what I'm saying? One of them, mm. one of them pillars that could be there for 10, 15 years, man. And you know, even past Rogers, because I can see Rogers playing. It depends on what we do, man. Because I don't want to put out there, but if we make the playoffs and everything goes good, I can see Rogers playing two, two more years. You know, after this year, so like three two years after. total. So yeah. that would be forty-two. He he might he he, he might um. Because I know the only thing is that – what's that? No, I was just saying, like we said earlier, like the quarterbacks are just playing forever, like, you know, as far as yeah. health. 
stuff like that, you know. For sure. Patrick Brown, the comment says, uh, John's thoughts on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala's future beyond 2024. If they don't sniff the playoffs, are both gone and start over? Yeah, no, they're gone. They're like, no question. Like, if it was like teeter-totter this year, man, they would have probably made a, you know, a, a, a shot at, a, you know, Bill Belichick over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I, I can I can see moves like that where there's like, listen, we are head coach away. You know how certain teams try to think of themselves like, listen, we got the right head coach. We'll bring them in and stuff like that. So maybe, you know, even if the year goes like, okay, but it feels like you need a coaching change, I can see a coaching change. You know what I'm saying? So I, and we got I could, yeah, and Bill Bill out there, very Rabel. I don't know why Rabel didn't get a job, but you know, yeah, that wouldn't make people, any sense at all. Yeah, them got them two people out there. So, but yeah, like I said, if we make the playoffs, they definitely be good. If they miss the playoffs and have a decent year, I can still see them going. Like I said, fresh start. You know what I mean? Just especially with the young players, because they it can get old real fast in the young players. You know what I mean? Like they sure they want they want to hear a different voice. Like all right, we heard your voice. You know, Salah, we we. We was here with you, but we see we ain't going higher. So definitely a change for that. So for sure. And I, I think the thing with, with with only thing is I don't think Belichick would take the job of the Jets. I don't think there's anybody, <laughs> anybody that hates the Jets more than Bill Belichick. Anybody. Like the guy absolutely despises them. We know what happened with Spygate and all that. The guy hates the and obviously in two thousand he he ditched y'all to go to New England. So I I don't the Belichick yeah, yeah. the Vrabel thing I could see happening. Uh that that yeah. that, that that feels more realistic. I, I mean, by the way, he's from the Belichick. You can't really see his coaching tree because he played for him and never coached under him, but still that could that could make uh, potentially make sense. But uh, yeah. you know we'll see where that in that regard. But shifting to the NBA trade deadline, it was a I gotta admit to you, it's kind of a snoozer. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot going going on outside the New yeah. York Knicks going out and getting some guys. Um, are, are there is there a clear winner and loser? Again, I think the winner probably have to be the Knicks. I, I'm curious your thoughts on that. But a winner and a sure. loser from the trade deadline, like where where are you kind of at on that? For sure, like you said, man, Knicks. You know, they made the splash. They probably made one of the biggest splashes earlier before the trade that line, you know. And yep. they got some more pieces. So, man, yeah, they definitely they definitely looking good, man. Knicks could definitely – I've been hearing that Detroit Pistons comparison where it's like it's not really one star but a whole team. So, you never know. And this, this is – this can definitely be that year because Milwaukee, you know, they're they not looking good. Doc, other than the one championship, man, Doc is an overrated head coach, man. I yes. Say it. Thank you. I said, you know what I'm saying, out loud. I said it on our show. I said, listen, man, Doc is an overrated coach, man. He's a good coach, but he's not that old oh, Phil Jackson, you know what I mean? Like, we know we got we know we got championship in the building, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, the Bucks not looking good. Boston can lose to anybody any given night. You want you just scratching your head, like, how? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana. They just try to outscore you, man. Yeah, they can't. They can't guard anybody. They're like they're like, they're the Sacramento Kings of the East, really. Right. Or the old Phoenix Suns, you know what I'm saying? Just sure. scoring and, and Mike is making stopping too athletic and stuff like that. Uh Philly MB, like other than MB, like Philly's okay. Like I Max is pretty good though. He's good, but I think he's like almost like on a purdy side point as far as people sometimes overrate him as far as really. I think, I think Max is overrated to me. Oh I like Maxi more than you do. I think Max is yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying I'm I'm not saying no no, I, I respect that though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying the kid isn't good, like, but I just think he's overrated, and you know, some of them pats, some of them stats can get padded because he's a second option now. So obviously, sure. your points gonna go up five, six points. You know what I mean? But he's a good player. So definitely, yeah, the Knicks, 
definitely made the moves, man. And like I said, it could be their year, man. As long as they get healthy, because they, they definitely banged up too. And then on the West, man, um, I like what uh, Dallas did, man. Dallas picked up, you know what I mean, Gadford from Washington. He's an old Bulls player. Um, he's a solid center. He's a starting center, you know what I'm saying? So he's a starting center. P.J. Washington out there can shoot, you know what I mean? He's a big man as well, and that's all they needed, man, because they, they got two people that can score 40 any given night. So you ain't worried about shooting and stuff like that. And Luca can drop 20 dimes too, so he can yeah. get them guys open and stuff like that. And also, people don't be people mention, but they don't mention is the, the new salary cap. Like you got to get players that's on a scale, like as far as money wise. Like just the, the the three star thing is over. Like you might see it in Phoenix, but now who who are you picking up? You know what I mean? You are picking up people for vet minimums and trying to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So right, yeah, I like definitely Dallas moves. Um, my Bulls, man, we didn't do anything. I mean, Zach getting hurt definitely screwed us. Like. Definitely, but it could be a gift and a curse because I think Zach's um, value was was low, was real, real low. So I think anything would have gotten returned would have been, you know, half his value. I mean, anything's better than nothing. But I think we'll definitely revisit it in the off season um, and see what we can. I think I think you're muted, John. John, I don't know if you muted your. I, I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. that's better. Yep, I got you. I'm good. Okay, yeah, I had to tap my phone. Yeah, I thought we should have traded Jumman and got some picks and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I think that's the losers. I mean, the Lakers, you can, what more and more can the Lakers do? You know what I mean? The only thing, I, I wasn't as big on the train as the, oh, the Lakers need all these sweeping trains. Last year, absolutely. Like, the, the roster wasn't that good. It just it just didn't work. Um, yeah. This year, the only thing I would have done is added a couple shooters because we know LeBron loves kicking out to shooters. But uh, I mean, I mean, because outside of Russell and Austin Reeves, they don't have a lot of guys who can consistently knock it down from deep. Aside yeah. from that, though, length, uh, you know, got a lot of big guys there. Like I don't, I think Torian Prince has been good for them this year. Like I don't think that's been. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that. I think like said, just, is kind of the problem, to be honest with you, John. John. Yeah, I think that, and then like I said, just the LeBron effect. Like I was saying, like everybody, every time LeBron's on any team, it feels like he got to make super changes you know what i mean just about every trade that line but uh yeah they got uh what's, what's the guy they got from uh, miami so that's kind of a, a trade i would say because he only played five games this season so right they got him uh it's a buyout market i can see dim willie or somebody like that going over there somebody like that uh who else kyle lowry can go over there point guard if they want um maybe even uh curry for a shooter he might get bought out in uh yeah, the, the Hornets. Actually, so it's, actually, it's, I think that work. Yeah, so it's, it's a good buyout market. You know, what I mean, if, if the Lakers or Philly want to add pieces like that or whatever. But yeah, like I said, Dallas and New York is the big winners. I think my Bulls for not at least trading one person and getting some assets, especially when people are expiring contracts and we're gonna play in the playing tournament. I mean, what that means these days? Like, huh? I want better. I want better, man. Yeah. Well, that's the thing in sports. You either want to be at the top or at the bottom. You want to add a clear direction forward. Like the in the middle is the worst spot to be. Like I saw, I saw your guy Vucevic say the other day, like we have enough. I'm like enough to what? <laughs> what, yeah. what enough. To, yeah, that was a, a weird quote, but yeah, I, I think for Chicago, yeah, I think they're in a they're in a rebuilding stage, and they seem like they don't really want to acknowledge it yet. But j just in general, though, like last NBA question, then we'll get to your Super Bowl pick. If you had to pick a favorite out west and out east, who would it be? Mm. Like I said, East man, I'm a, I'm a I'm a roll with the Knicks for for the East. Okay, I like it. Just cause talent wise, and you know, as a Chicago fan, Tips Tips can get that team together, man. And like I said, 
Giannis and them, and I'm I can see Embiid uh, being out for the season. You know, Miami's there, but they still trying to figure that out. Um, and Boston, man, I like Bo- I, Boston. You know, it was my preseason favorite and stuff like that to win it all. And they still yeah. there, but they still there, but I, I can see the Knicks, Knicks and Boston right there. The West, the West is weird too. Um, real weird because it just is. But uh, I can see the, the hot team right now. You got to roll with the Clippers, man. I mean. Oh, people you're ha- not! Oh no! People, people, people no. hate. To, people hate to say it, but I say the Clippers, man, and um, the Clippers and the Suns. I can see the Clippers and the Suns. I can see not Denver. Not Denver now. Nah. Denver's like I said, Denver, like Denver and Boston is still. It's gonna be. The, they're gonna be there a lot. But right, who I think could you know can can challenge them and get over is is definitely uh, uh, uh like I said the Clippers. If they keep continue to play how they're playing, if they try to do something in, you know, in the postseason and switch their game up, then it's not going to work. And Phoenix, you know, they got like I said, they got Royce O'Neal. That's a good, nice pickup. Yeah. And they starting and they starting to figure it out. All right, you the man. All right, you the man. You know what I mean? He's starting to figure out and they making their positions. You know what I'm saying? And Booker's obviously, you know, Durant is Booker. You the man. You know what I mean? You got it. I'll be too, and Bill's like, I'll just pick my spots. Whenever y'all guys kind of tired, I'll come in, I'll drop 40 on my old team, the Wizards or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'll come and handle handle the business. You know what I'm saying? So, definitely them too. Katie and Book have been playing amazing as of late. They, 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 both of those guys have been yeah, absolutely yeah. going um, for sure. But, yeah, well, listen, it would be an L.A. New York series. So, that in that respect, it would be – it would, it would be fun for sure, but there's uh, there's no way I think James Harden can can put it together in the playoffs. I've seen. I'm not gonna. I am not. Forget the Clippers thing. It, it, like it, in theory, if Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy, I think both have shown, especially Kawhi, some great moments in the playoffs. I do not trust Harden. I've I've yeah, seen too like many said, times. Yeah, but like I said, he's three though. He's three, man. You know what I mean? He's not. He was one. he was three in Brooklyn too, though. He's not two. Brooklyn was Brooklyn is just weird. Even Kyrie and his press conference yeah. was just talking weird. Yeah, this would have been different if this. Like Brooklyn was just weird. It's like it was. when you think about history and stuff like that, Brooklyn might not even come up as far as that era right there. You know what I mean? So yeah, still weird. They still weird to this day, right? Just, they they should have stayed in New Jersey. They should have stayed in New Jersey. I hundred percent agree with you there. Even though the Barclays <laughs> Center is nice, they should have stayed in New Jersey. <laughs> Um, yeah, last question, uh, John, before I ask your Super Bowl prediction, I'll, I'll pull up. We've had a couple other guests on, uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. We'll put them up uh, Tim Barnard of the Boston sports summit, picked the Niners 28, 17 mm-hmm. Devin mm-hmm. Nettles, big Ravens fan came on 24, 17 Kansas city chiefs. So John Rivera, I'm going to put you in the spot, my friend, who you got? I got man. I got Kansas city, man. I got Kansas city. Okay. I got, I got San Fran, uh, you know, Looking pretty good early, you know. You know how the story goes. Look pretty good early, and Kansas City comes, and you know, steals the show. But I can see uh, twenty-seven, twenty-three. I can see twenty-seven, twenty-three. Something like that. If you want to write that okay. down, I, I could see it. You know, coming down. I could see San Fran coming up short in the last drive. Chiefs defense come and makes the you know stop as they've been playing good all year, and go from there, man. You know what I'm saying? But. Yeah, like I said, you never know. But I, I just got a feeling, like I said, when I got a comment on your show, like it's kind of a different year for the Kansas City. Like everyone wants to see them kind of lose. And, you know, they kind of, I'm retired of the Chiefs. And, you, know, you know how it goes. So I can still kind of see them, man, just pulling it off, man. And Pat Mahomes get his third. And, you know, Pacheco, I love Pacheco, man. He runs hard, man. Yes. He runs hard. McCaffrey oh, he- get his. McCaffrey get his. Debo, 
will get his total yards and stuff like that, like he like he does and stuff like that. But like I said, I can see in the twenties. Both teams definitely score in the twenties, and I can see Sam uh, Kansas City winning the game though. All right, so let's see. We'll put it up one more time. So John John's got 27-23 Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Uh, I'm going to give my prediction in just a second, but John Rivera, Fan Perspective Podcast. Everybody go check out my man's content. He does some great stuff, him and Henny Dre. John Rivera, very excited to have you on the show once again, my man. Have a good one. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Appreciate it. You too. You know, we'll probably talk to you out. <laughs> yes, sir. See you, man. All right, man. John Rivera of the Fan Perspective Podcast. Great stuff, as always. He, he listen, he keeps it real. I do not agree with this Clippers buy-in, but nonetheless, uh, I, I'll tell you that I, I'm I'm kind of with them on the Knicks thing, though. I, I listen. It, it, that's that's assuming Randall comes back and Jalen Brunson. I'm a big Jalen Brunson guy. I think the guy has had a fantastic season. He's an amazing leader. Great, one, kind of one of the last pure point guards we have left in the league. Not as pure of a point guard as Chris Paul was, but. They made some nice moves. Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, like got some nice, you know, scores uh, at, at the guard spot. Like that's that was kind of the problem. Like, listen, like he, he mentioned, Tom Thibodeau teams. Tom Thibodeau teams play defense. Like that's that's a given. You're not you know, like listen. I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. Tennessee Vols men basketball. Up until this year, those Rick Barnes teams had some spotty offenses. They always play great defense. Uh, so that's Rick Barnes is kind of the Tom Thibodeau of college basketball, but. Tibbs is going to have the defense ready to go, but now they've got these scores. These guys that can can hit their own, can create their own shot. In the case of Burks, and knock down, and even Bogdanovich as well, and knock down open looks. Um, Knicks are, and by the way, the Ananobi trade was uh, hats off to them for that. Like like John, I mentioned about a about a month ago. If the Knicks, I'll put it this way: if the Knicks are in the finals, I won't be surprised at all. Won't be surprised at all. And the and the O four Pistons comparison is 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 a good one. Now, if the Clippers are in the finals, I will be absolutely floored. I'm just going to be honest with you. If the Clippers are in, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. I definitely I definitely like Tyrese Maxey, though, more than he does. I like Tyrese Maxey more than John John does. But nonetheless, great stuff. John Rivera, Fran Perspective Podcast. Let's put up his prediction. I'm about to give mine in just a second. Let's put up his one more time, and as well as our other couple guests. So, Tim Barnard, Niners 28-17. to Devin has the Kansas City Chiefs 24-17. to And John John has the Chiefs 27 to Two twenty three. So three guests on the show the last couple of weeks. Two with the Chiefs, one with the Niners. I'm glad we have a little bit of of a of a split, a little bit of a diversity in our picks. In the sense that last year it was all Kansas City. Every every single guest that came on my show pick. I think I had like six. Everybody picked Kansas City over Philadelphia. They were all obviously right, but it was like it's nice to have one where we don't have a consensus. We don't have a consensus whatsoever. So it should be a fun one. So. You know, everybody's giving their picks on this show, on national television, and all the podcasting platforms out there. Um, what's my pick, though, you might ask? What's my pick? So here we go. Oh, before I get my pick, uh, Patrick Brown in the comments. Oh, wow. 31-17. Oh, no. I, I, listen, if the Niners win, listen, won't be shocked. They're a fantastic football team. They, uh, ooh, 31 on that defense? 17 for Kansas City. That wouldn't surprise me. 30. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We'll see. But my prediction for Super Bowl 58. Can we just get the background music, the more intense background music? It is the playoffs. It's not just the playoffs. It's Super Bowl 58. It comes down to this. Down to two. The NFC champion, San Francisco 49. The AFC champion and defending Super Bowl champion looking for back-to-back titles, the Kansas City Chiefs. Niners, 
In a neutral site in Las Vegas, Nevada, Allegiant Stadium are a point and a half favorites in this matchup. So, man, is there a lot to break down. So, as I've said since Monday, or really since Sunday night going into Monday's show, when this matchup was set, Kansas City-San Francisco, a rematch of Super Bowl 54 just four seasons ago, I said, look, when you get the best quarterback in the league, Mahomes, you get the best roster in the league, San Francisco, those end up making the best Super Bowls. If you look historically, you think about those Cowboys-Steelers Super Bowls in the 1970s, if you think of some of those uh, you know, those those Niners and the Niners and Bengals Super Bowls in the 80s where you had the best quarterback and best team in a certain respect uh, in the in the uh, um, San Francisco 49ers. But you got to admit, though, those those Cincinnati Bengals teams are pretty good as well. 1990s, you're talking Dallas Cowboys, you're talking Steelers again or Buffalo. 2000s, you had some of those those Brady Super Bowls against the Panthers and then against the, the Rams. 2010s, Patriots and Seahawks was the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I will die on that hill until we see another one better. That one was was an all-timer. This one has the potential to be, no question about it. So again, Niners are point and a half point favorites. So by the way, it is worth noting, third straight game, Kansas City's been a dog. Third straight game. They were dogs to Buffalo. Sort of get it. They were on the road. Sort of, even though Kansas City has the better quarterback, coach, and defense. Um, And they won that game. Not very surprising given their history. Uh, then they were underdogs in Baltimore, which that was, you totally understood that, given what Baltimore is doing to virtually everybody in the league, not named uh, the Browns, Colts, and in particular, my Pittsburgh Steelers. Go Steelers. But yeah, that, that made sense. Kansas City came in on the road, hostile environment, Baltimore, calm, poised, cool, and collected. One kind of an ugly defensive battle. Baltimore uh, sort of screwed the game up themselves, very similar to some of those Patriot teams, right, with Brady. I've compared, I remember I was in Disney World, when I made this comparison, I remember exactly where I was when I was talking about this, where after the Chiefs beat the Patriots back in December, I was like, okay, maybe I actually actually see them play the Patriots in Foxborough to say, wait a second, this is the Patriots back in the day. This Chiefs offense is not going to just flip a switch the way I thought it would. They're not going to. They just don't have the firepower. However, all-time great quarterback. Great coach who specializes on a particular side of the ball. All-time great tight end who's kind of at the at the end of the twilight years of his career. Limited wide receiving core and great defense. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. Compare them to the 18 Patriots. To me, that's the best comparison. Or even the 14 Patriots to a certain, to, to a certain degree. Although that 14 Patriots team is much better offensively. Point being... It's a different Kansas City Chiefs team, as I've talked about the last couple weeks. You heard John John detail it just a second ago. Very different Chiefs team than what we're normally used to. And I said after that, or going in that Buffalo game, and even going in that Ravens game to a lesser degree, if you want to get the Chiefs, you better do it this year. You better do it this year because the defense is young. Outside of Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed is going to get his bag. Uh, everybody else in that Chiefs defense, mostly cheap, mostly young, rookie deals all over the place. That offense, though, they're on money pace them to maybe go out and get a DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe draft a guy to go on with the upcoming uh, up-and-coming receiver, Rasheed Rice. I anticipate, could be wrong this, but I anticipate Travis Kelsey is likely back next year. I I would be surprised. Not Maybe not shocked, but I would be mildly surprised. Um, moderately surprised, I guess is a better way to put it, if Travis Kelsey were to hang up his cleats along with his brother Jason. For the 49ers, the kind of the anti-Chiefs, where it's Loaded offensively. I mean, lo- awesome tight end. Awesome two receivers. Debo, you can Debo, you can't just put in the box of receiver, running back, anything. He's just a he's just an offensive player. You, know, you see some of these high school football players, they're listed as athlete. They don't have a position. That's Debo. He's just 
an offensive player. You can put him anywhere. All-time great left tackle. I'm willing to say it now. All-time great running back Christian McCaffrey. Phenomenal talent. And then Brock Purdy, who's not great, as some try to suggest. He's not bad, like others try to suggest. He's right there in the middle. Above average, certainly. Definitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo. The numbers and the eye test would suggest that. But he's around 13th, 14th best in the list. If he wins the Super Bowl, he certainly moves higher on my list. It's going to be hard to, to put him down or even keep him where he's at if they win this game and he plays well. But this Niners defense, as low as it is, Bosa, Warner, Greenlaw, really the three faces, Armstead as well, put him in that group, hasn't been overly impressive. Not just in the playoffs, but this season. San Francisco 14th in the NFL against the pass. Now, that's significant. That's middle of the pack. That's just slightly above average. Like, the Niners defense is what Brock Purdy is. Good. Now, the Niners defense is far more upside than Purdy, but slightly above average, and that shouldn't be the case, especially when you consider the quarterbacks they face. Some of the quarterbacks the Niners have faced this year include, this hurts, Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, Joshua Dobbs, Deshaun, I'm sorry, not Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker. You look down the list and you see Geno Smith, eh. You see Drew Locke on this list as well. Was Drew, yeah, Drew Locke uh, in this game. The Seahawks played the, the Niners the second time. Sam Howell, Carson Wentz. And then the playoffs, up and coming quarterback Jordan Love, but not quite there yet. And a fringe top 10 guy, Goff, but not awesome. Very good quarterback. Not an awesome quarterback. Now they have to face that guy wearing number 15 in Kansas City. You talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. What's their biggest weakness, you might ask? Well, it's stopping the run. They're bottom 12, I believe, if I check the numbers correctly, in uh, or against the run. I think they're 20th in the league against the run. And there's that guy in San Francisco. His name's Christian McCaffrey, and he was just named last night the Offensive Player of the Year, rightfully so. That could be a problem for Kansas City. If the Niners win this game, it's going to be on one condition, at least from the offensive side of the ball, which will then impact their defense. Play it safe, complimentary. The best scenario for San Francisco, the best strategy for San Francisco. Patrick Mahomes touches the ball as little as possible. We're going to bleed the clock. We're not going to take a ton of risks. Right? Listen, maybe not a lot of shots with Brandon Ayuk, which, by the way, isn't going to be there anyway because he got Legereus Sneed on Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's not doing anything on Sunday, and I love Ayuk. Legereus Sneed's going to lock him down. He's been locking down the best receiver in the league all season long. He's going to do that with IU. It's going to be a lot of Christian McCaffrey. going to be a lot of Debo Samuel. But Brock Purdy, game manager certainly, as John John detailed, but also a bit of a risk taker. Wouldn't go so far as to call him a gunslinger, but he's far from a play it safe, just dink and dunk. He'll take risks. And in some respects, he's capable of doing so, but in others, he'll he'll make some throws. He did a few times in that loss to Baltimore. We're like, what the heck is he doing? What did he see there? Even in some of the playoff games against Green Bay, should throw on a pick six against Green Bay. Some of those throws against Detroit. What the heck are you doing? This Kansas City defense, though, makes you pay. A lot like those Patriots defenses did back with Tom Brady. I have a feeling this is going to be a game relatively close after quarter one, right? Both teams probably get a touchdown on the board. And late first half, Brock Purdy makes that one mistake. Kansas City scores as a result. Niners play panicked. Kansas City, by far, not even close, the best defense the Niners have played this postseason. 
San Francisco starts to panic. They abandon the run with McCaffrey. And then the Chiefs pin their ears back. That pass rush coming after Purdy against the 21st-ranked offensive line in the league, which the Niners were, according to Pro Football Focus. And Mahomes and Kelsey ride the wave against what has been an average secondary for San Francisco, especially, especially with the loss of my man Talanoa Hufunga. I've loved that guy for two years. I think he's a phenomenal player. Out for the season for San Francisco. Mahomes, Kelsey will expose what's a limited Niners secondary. That Chiefs pass rush, when they build a lead, will come after Purdy. See, the thing is, against the Ravens, Ravens got a good offensive line, so they didn't get to Lamar as much as you might like. Against San Francisco, different issue, especially coming on the right side, coming on the right side against this Purdy. So, all that said, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Am I, let's put that up one more time. Am I up to the week and simultaneously? If I were a bet man, give me the Chiefs plus one and a half and to win the game outright. 30 to 17 over the San Francisco 49ers relatively comfortably. The Kansas City Chiefs will be Super Bowl champions for the fourth time in franchise history and the third time in the last half decade. And of course, this is a formality, assuming the Chiefs win. Patrick Mahomes will be Super Bowl MVP. That will be his third honor in that regard. He will come. Uh, he will be by Super Bowl Sunday night, a three-time Super Bowl champion, a three-time Super Bowl MVP, and a two-time league MVP, and no lower than the third greatest quarterback of all time. Kansas City wins Super Bowl 58-30 to 17. And by the way, allows me for the second time in the history of carving it up to say I predicted the Super Bowl champion before the season kicked off. Now, listen, this one would not be near as impressive as my Tampa pick back in 2020 when I actually did predict them to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which is exactly what happened. However, a lot of people bail on the Chiefs this season. I said, no, 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 no. When you have that guy number 15, when you have Coach Reed, when you have the greatest tight end ever, when you have a defense as good as this, it's just they'll get it right. They can flip a switch, and they'll make the plays necessary when they need to make them, despite the limitations at wide receiver. Kansas City, Super Bowl 58 champions one more time, 30-17 to 17 over the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, I, I know a lot of folks going to be real big mad, real big mad about the Oh, it's a conspiracy. Taylor Swift. She's is she involved in this? Oh. Get lives. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Uh yeah, oh yeah, listen, this is why I love Grady. You know what? Grady is a troll at heart, but Grady this I don't count this as trolling, okay? Because Grady is a dude to hold you accountable and that's why he's a great friend. You're Grady in the comments. Your Super Bowl predictions before the season last year was pretty impressive. Yes, I picked the Denver Broncos to knock off the Los Angeles Rams last year in the Super Bowl. I said that before the year started, and both teams won a combined 10 games, and Denver's season was over before it even started, and the Rams just fell apart physically. So that was a that was a great pick. That was a great pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grady, I'm never forgetting that, man. Not gonna let you off the hook there. Nor should you, nor should anybody, okay? If I want to be praised for my great picks, I need to allow folks, including myself, to criticize my horrible picks. And that, I don't think anything, anything is going to ever surpass that. At least I hope not. I hope I never have a, a prediction in my life that's, listen, we get stuff wrong. I, I get stuff wrong all the time. I pray to God I don't have one as bad as that. I don't think I will. Because that was, yikes. I mean, it would have been nice to at least go with a safer bet of the Chiefs or the Niners. Obviously, the teams in this year's Super Bowl or even... 
uh, that Eagles. I didn't really believe in the Eagles before the season last year. Obviously, I was wrong because they got to the Super Bowl. But like that taught me a lesson. Like g- swing big on one of your picks and play it safe with the other. And that's kind of what I did this year. Kansas City going back to back, not a terribly controversial pick. It, it, it's just not. But I did take pick Dallas to win the NFC. That was my going out and limb pick. And it was a better pick than Denver and LA last year. Still wasn't very good. Still wasn't very good. Okay. It was not a good one. Ooh, that was a that was a clunker. By the way, folks are still talking about that game. Outside the Cowboys, they know how to market even their losses. For sure. But once again, Kansas City 30, Niners 7. A lot of Chiefs talk and a lot of Niners talk as well on Monday's show. Like I said, then we'll get out of here. The two biggest overreaction Mondays of the entire season is the Monday, or sorry, are the Monday after week one's Sunday games and the Monday after the Super Bowl. That, that, that like, We kind of bookend it to a certain degree. Everything else in between, there's overreactions to a certain extent, but we're like, ah, it's a long season. Week one, everybody panics about the bad teams. Everybody overreacts to the, to the or not the bad teams, the teams that lose, and everybody overreacts to the teams that win. And the Super Bowl, we do the same thing. The champions are going to reel off 10 straight, and the losers are they're terrible. They can't coach. Their quarterback stinks. Roster's no good. Fire everybody. That's what we do every year. Every year. And this year will be no different. Maybe not with Kansas City if they lose, but certainly if the result plays out the way I think it will, that the be a lot of a lot of those type of conversations. But that is all the time in for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. Nothing but Super Bowl reaction. Very excited about that. One of my favorite shows of the year is the Monday after the big game. Should be a fun one, no question about that. We're going to discuss that. And of course, be sure to like, to share, to comment, and to hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. We're trying to make one last late push to get to uh, 1,000 subscribers by Super Bowl 58. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, a late push, but I believe if we can make it happen, if everybody tells everybody, then we can maybe make it happen to get to 1,000 by the Super Bowl. So if you have subscribed, cannot tell you how much your support means to me, means to everybody involved with Carving Up Live. Please be, be, be sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell their family members, to tell your family members, to tell their cat. Just don't wake them up. Okay, I have a cat. You do not wake up a cat. You, you don't do that. You, do, you don't do that. So they will be mad at you for the rest of the day, if not beyond that. Um, and if you have not subscribed, hey, just takes a couple seconds here if you're here on YouTube. Down there, hit that bigger subscribe button, and boom, you're part of the Carving It Up family. Very exciting weekend. Cannot wait. And uh, here we go. Super Bowl 58. I'll see y'all on Monday's show. Stay safe out there. God bless y'all. Oh, whoops. Wrong, wrong one. Peace out. I messed up with my peace signs. Hey, Rock, take us out here. Finally, it is time for the Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube, and be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on The Grid Network.